ஸ்ரவணம் மனநம் நிதித்தியாசனம் லிசன் ரிஃப்ளெக்ட் அண்ட் அப்சார்ப் டியர் லிஸ்னர்ஸ் சாய்ராம் அண்ட் வெல்கம் டு அவர் ரேடியோ சீரீஸ் இன் விச் எ டிவைன் டிஸ்கோர்ஸ் பை பகவான் இஸ் பிளேட் இன் ஸ்மால் பார்ட்ஸ் அண்ட் ஃபாலோவிங் ஈச் பார்ட் எ ஷார்ட் டிஸ்கஷன் இஸ் அண்டர் டேக்கன் டு ரிஃப்ளெக்ட் ஆன் த மெசேஜ் திஸ் இஸ் எ பார்ட் ஆஃப் ரேடியோ சாய்ஸ் தேர்ஸ்டே லைஃப் ஹோஸ்டெட் பை சாய் பிரகாஷ் அண்ட் பிரேம் எவ்ரி தேர்ஸ்டே அட் செவன் தேர்ட்டி பிஎம் only on Asia's stream of Radio Sai Global Harmony. Today's episode was first broadcast live on 18th September 2014. The discourses undertaken for study in this program are from the series of discourses delivered as part of the summer course in Indian culture and spirituality in the year 1990. offering our humble pranams at bhagwan's lotus feet dear listeners we welcome you to this week's episode of shravanam mananam nididhyasanam as always this is prem from team radio sai and with me is brother sai prakash of team radio sai we are in the middle of a summary of the last eight discourses in the 1990 summer course series we've uh, badly managed to go past i think uh, the 13th discourse so before i begin i invite brother saprakash to join me saram saprakash saram prem yes we have a difficult task at hand today um we hope to complete summarizing the three discourses that are left in the series and um in a sense um <laughs> the i don't know what to say because that completes the series which right. we started about a year and a half back right and um the the things that we have learned the things that we have discovered are amazing but uh, before we go on to the next discourse i think the last portion of the previous discourse right. where um, swami says um, you may think why i am not talking to few why i am speaking to a few that's because i value my words if you do not have attach importance to my words i do not want to waste my words and um, that was something so powerful and i think that uh, sentence should reverberate in our hearts whenever we listen to swami's discourses he uh, as always he he would say anything is worth it only if you start practicing it so right. <laughs> in a sense that leads us naturally to the next discourse called practice and precept right in a sense you know you've sat through a series of discourses mm-hmm. you've received so much from swami correct and uh, when you receive in a sense even if you have a neighbor who every day comes mm-hmm. and says that you know i made this please accept i made this dish please have some mm-hmm. at some point you will feel that you know i want <laughs> even i have to return something you know return uh, uh, in favor the favor mm-hmm. i should do something and give back and in that sense even in your journey with god even in your journey with swami at some mm-hmm. point we will stop and say that i too want to give back something in return correct you know i have received so much mm-hmm. and there should be some kind of give and take and when you've heard so much from swami what mm-hmm. is the only thing you can return mm-hmm. i think it's only practice <laughs> that's that's the only thing he wants and um, there's nothing else that swami actually wants from us more or less you know when you say nididhyasanam shravanam mananam nididhyasanam is putting it into practice right. and he says you have heard enough you have <laughs> thought of it enough now get down to practice <laughs> very beautifully even this discourse he starts with this eternal truth of the world we live in is impermanent and how the youth the wife the children 
they come midstream and join the river of life and in, i think uh, part of it is based on the shloka from bajagovindam kate kanta kaste putra so there is a shloka mm. and um, so it's uh, based on that but um, swami starts this discourse practice and precept by giving us the truth it's like the baseline and he says this is all the world is just temporary and he gives this beautiful point of all that you have achieved all that you have lived for is temporary the only two things that stand for all time is dharma and kirti right he also says the scriptures are declared yad drishyam tad nashyam whatever is visible is perishable i mean it's such a difficult thing to keep in mind all the time so everything that you see is temporary and uh, everything that you don't see is permanent <laughs> is that right <laughs> <laughs> right in fact the next point which swami goes on to make you know mm-hmm. he says what defines a human life is the ability to go beyond what is just visible to the eye correct you know, swami makes that point of without Charma developing chakshu. the jnana chakshu mm. the wisdom the eye of wisdom mm-hmm. the man is content with charma chakshu correct he is no better than birds and bees correct in fact other than birds and bees that's what differentiates a man from a machine that's right <laughs> what you have like a camera you know mm, you just open mm. the aperture and it just records whatever is in front of it correct there is no discrimination in that mm. and it just is is a record of what happens before it and if man also behaves that way if you want a mechanized replica of all the senses then it's a robo right exactly <laughs> you know something which just uh, receives and processes information correct correct in fact uh, in some of the uh, you know discussions that we had with professor venkatraman Uh, very beautifully he uh, explained to us the evolution of technology and computers right. and how there is this famous uh, experiment where they say can the computer ever reach up to the intelligence of human beings right possibly it could and in many ways the computer has uh, you know beaten even the grand masters um, it can have a lot of fast calculation but the conclusion is it cannot feel Right. it has no feelings <laughs> in fact i think the question which the scientists didn't ask is hmm. can the human mind go down to the level of a machine i think that is what is happening faster than what is happening the other way around Correct. because in a sense that's what we have done you know there is no the feeling part of it is slowly uh, edging out hmm. and just plain binary decision making yeah swami so would often tell what uh, computer is dobi uh, using <laughs> and uh, you know uh, very true <laughs> uh, he just takes your clothes and gets back exactly your clothes absolutely uh, there is no mapping and uh, you know <laughs> categorizing into folders and bins and this uh, blah blah we've seen that in the hostel you know yeah. especially with the dobi <laughs> correct there are 300 400 boys <laughs> one thing is he doesn't lose your clothes mm. the other thing is the moment he sees you he'll pick up your pair and he'll give it to you amazing and we all wear whites yeah <laughs> imagine that you know it's not just all all wearing colors you know, all, all i mean it's uh, really stupendous even then he is far from having the gyana chakshu <laughs> because the gyana chakshu is only f- for one who has got the atma gyana right <laughs> well he has got uh, an alert mind i would suppose <laughs> to give the right dress back to but here very beautifully swami says that only when you develop atma gyana he says that is a fulfillment of the sacred human life right and that's why swami says you know human life is so beautiful that it is worth experiencing and enjoying mm. but you're not enjoying it to its completeness you're not finding its fulfillment mm. 
if you're not going after the acquisition of atmajnana he gives this limitation of the senses he says your physical eyes are not capable of seeing your entire body right. can you see the back of your own head can you see uh, so many parts of your body the back i mean uh, when those eyes are not able to give you that how can they see the subtle mind right so he says you have to go beyond the charma chakshu and you have to go to gyana netram or the divya netram or atma netram or brahma netram he says these are all synonyms but it all means the vision of wisdom and the vision of unity then he goes on to this uh, thing saying that you know in this entire creation of where there is this constant change the changing phenomena we find this divine principle of brahman as a stationary road that supports the movement of all the fast running buses and cars so he says when there is traffic on a <laughs> on a road the road is one that sustains the entire traffic but it remains very true you know, suppose you are in the middle of a road mm-hmm. i think this even happened uh, during one of the gram sevas you know mm-hmm. we have these mobile communications mm-hmm. there's one particular boy who called up the home base and he said sir we need more stocks we are in the middle of distribution and we are out of stock we need more stock mm-hmm. so you know the home base asked him where are you and this person this boy mentions the name of the village mm. and uh, the home base says it's a large village mm. where in the village are you mm. so that we can get to you mm. and this boy in the uh, you know tension of conveying the message he said sir i'm behind this vehicle whose number is so and so you know the problem is it's mm. exactly what swami is telling here mm. see if you give a description of a place based on what is changing about the place mm. how can you identify that place correct swami is saying you can identify a road mm. the basis of the thing you know if you want to identify a certain location mm. you can't say it is that place where there is a black car parked behind a you know red bus <laughs> it's going to change right you mm. if you want to identify something about a particular place about a particular person you have to see what is the more permanent aspect of that individual of that entity correct and he says the characteristic of the mind is external orientation and um, he says but we are so fascinated by it and man is busy acquiring properties which he would often say is proper ties and these are the ties that bind you but then comes this beautiful uh, declaration which you mentioned even in the last session right. he says to realize god is the foremost task in life man must realize god feel god see god and talk to god this is realization this is religion it serves no purpose if one knows everything else but does not know god so um, it's again coming back to this whole yad drishyam tad nashyam so whatever you see is bound to change and in the gita also there is this beautiful analogy of a string that connects all the pearls he says you are the string that connects all the pearls in a necklace right the string is one that holds the pearls together but it's often not seen right the idea which is very very repetitive even from the very first discourse is that to the ability to see the human birth as a means correct you know the whole problem is when you see human birth as the ends mm-hmm. when you see enjoying it or earning for it as the most important thing you miss the bigger picture mm-hmm. the moment you start seeing this as a means the moment mm-hmm. you start seeing the human body as an instrument to achieve something grander correct i think everything falls into place mm-hmm. that's the whole idea because swami here is saying about you should have that burning desire to see god talk to god <laughs> to realize god <laughs> and you should understand that this whole human birth has been given for that very purpose correct then he gives how 
how God is a seed, like how he is an unseen power and he refers to the flowers and the trees and the fruit. He says God is a seed that is, you know, that gives birth to this huge tree. Right. And when the flowers uh, bloom and they become fruits, each fruit in itself has got many seeds. So this is the cycle that um, goes on. But God... Bijam Mam Sarva Bhutanam as Krishna has declared in the Gita. So he says God is that seed. And then the next part Swami comes to talk about uh, sacrifice. Uh, he quotes that uh, Vedic And Swami says what is that sacrifice? What Correct. do you have to give up? And he says you have to give up the wrong identification of the body. Correct. And that beautiful uh, sequence which Swami says you know, yes. so beautifully mm. he says Deha Virakti yes. which is detachment. detachment to the body will give Bandha Vimochana mm. which is release from bondage mm-hmm. which will give Daiva Asakti Correct. which is the grace of Lord mm. and that will lead to Moksha Prapti. And then he says how do you develop this Deha Virakti? It mm. is the continuous assertion and reminding that the body and the senses are mere instruments mm. and you are not them. Correct. I I don't know if in this series Swami mentioned that those three things, you know, bhajan, nitya, nityatam, mm. constantly reminding yourself that what is real, what is unreal. Mm. Even if you don't know it by experience, mm. constantly telling yourself and to do every act on the basis of that uh, understanding and on that lesson. So he says you must give up your body consciousness just as you remove your soiled clothes. It's there in the Gita as well. It says, Jirnani Vastrani Vihaya. You remove the old clothes and put on new clothes. So also the soul removes this body and very nice to hear all that. <laughs> That's <laughs> really difficult to keep right. it in mind That's all the time. That's precisely why Swami calls it practice. Practice, That's right. one is putting into action. Mm-hmm. The other is repetitively trying to do something and to learn from it. Correct. And so, as Swami would always say, the easiest way is to offer it all to God. Right. So, once you are offering it to Him, then you want to do it in the perfect way. So, He again refers to this concept of freedom. And He says, um, you think you have freedom, but you cannot get freedom because everything that you have is connected to the mind. And it is temporary. So, when everything is temporary, how you, there is no freedom. You are bound by what it gives you. When you depend on it, you are bound by that. And uh, again, he comes to this whole idea of Kartritva and Bhotritva. Right. He says that is doership and enjoyership. He says, you are yourself the embodiment of bliss. That is your true nature. But you give importance to the actions that your body is doing and you think you are doing it. You give uh, importance to uh, what you think you own. You think, this is mine. And uh, then you get this ahankara. And uh, then you say, I want to do this. I own this. So he says, all this is what binds you. Again, he brings in Raga and Dvesha, attachment and hatred. So he says, all these are only going to finally bind you. And then Swami goes on to give this wonderful example of that. Payasam which is poured or sweet pudding which is poured into Mm. a vessel with many holes. Correct. correct. He says that the Payasam is the same thing. It Mm. comes through different holes but Mm. the... Paisam which comes out is the same which is poured into the vessel. And Swami says that is what happens with Atmanandam. He said in many activities which you do through your everyday life, mm-hmm. this bliss which is already within you comes out. And you think that you relate that bliss with the activity which is being done. Correct. Like you're saying that this hole is what will give you that, you know, prasadam <laughs> or, or that sweetness. 
You know, that's what he says. You forget your true nature, just like the elephant forgets its own strength when it's being prodded by the mahut with a small stick. Right. And he says the bumblebee, which uh, can bore, <laughs> bore holes into wood, into wood, gets stuck in in the nectar of a lotus flower okay. and it dies. Right when the lotus closes when at sunset, <laughs> it remains there and dies. This is because it's under delusion; it forgets its own strength. Then similarly, he says uh, uh, even the musk deer. Not right. realizing that uh, its uh, fragrance is coming from itself. It goes around running all over. <laughs> the statement which Swami makes is, man does not know his own strength mm. and does not accept even when told. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. And then Swami makes this again wonderful point you know, where he says that uh, like how when you put money in banks, banks that have lots of money Correct. have to be guarded with the men holding weapons. Similarly, mm. this bliss is the real wealth which is within you this and is it is guarded by a poisonous serpent which is nothing but your own ahankara, ahankara or ego. Identification with body. Right. The root cause of ahankara is Deha Brahmati as we were just saying. Right. Because you identify yourself with the body then you start getting I am doing this, I am doing that. Then here is this most beautiful and practical you know, yes we are talking of all these problems but how to solve it? How to live a life how to actually practice all this? So, Swami gives even that solution. He says, Before entering into action, ask yourself thus, I am the embodiment of the Divine Atma. Is it proper for me to engage myself in this mean, despicable action? <laughs> I think this kind of summarizes, this is the key point in this entire discourse. So, what do I do? I mean, what do I do? You know, uh, it's very interesting because uh, I'm just remembering some of the things which Swami would speak to us, you know, as he would stand on the veranda. So, he would say, thoughts will come, nothing wrong. Swami, I'm getting bad thoughts. You know, when we were in school days, we didn't know what was good or bad. So, it is Swami, I'm getting bad thoughts. Swami, please. Swami said, let them come and go. I didn't realize because, see, you cannot say bad thoughts should not come. But he says, don't identify with them. Right. So, he would always say, let them come and go, let them come and go. But you don't put them into action. <laughs> says, right. So, what what you choose to put into action sticks on to you. So, he says, uh, this is the way to go about. And uh, in a very beautiful way, he connects it up to patriotism. Right. You know, that is the thing. So, me saying, the idea is, when you give up attachment and hatred, Raga mm-hmm. and Dvesha, mm-hmm. he says, the only way is, expand yourself mm-hmm. instead of grabbing things for your own self for mm-hmm. your own family mm-hmm. think of the larger picture think of the society you're living in think of the village you're living in think Correct. of the country you're living in mm. so patriotism becomes a very sublime way of using up this attachment when you associate yourself with, with something which is much larger right and give more importance to that than your your personal own physical self in fact and Swami mentions this beautiful story of Subhash Chandra Bose how he could not tolerate when the teacher was, uh, you know, belittling Indians and his country. And he says students should be like that. Students should follow his example and sacrifice their swartha for parartha, the welfare of others, and attain paramatma, the supreme goal of life. Talking about patriotism, Swami says, this desha bhimanam, which is patriotism, Mm. will lead you to daiva bhimanam, and Mm. eventually it will express itself as dharma bhimanam. Correct. You know, so beautifully, Swami says the attachment mm. to righteousness. Mm. It will it will reflect as attachment to righteousness. Hmm. Then he says, "Bliss is the goal for which you undertake any activity, mundane or spiritual." 
Bliss is the goal of all religions. The paths may be many, but the goal is one. Just as jewels are many and gold is one, cows are many, but milk is one. So again, he says, all that you seek for is bliss, and you are uh, under the impression that whatever your body does or whatever your mind conjures up, that is going to give you the everlasting bliss, and you give importance to it and associate yourself with it, and you get lost. <laughs> so I think that's for he says along with your education try to develop equal mindedness and universal love so that you can experience unity in diversity. Um, see this point of unity in diversity is so vital and he again he says cows are many milk is one jewels are many but gold is one. Ultimately when we did, I think last time when we summarized the previous discourse he was speaking about hridayam and he says the only way of knowing what hridayam is. is to experience the unity in the entire creation so i think that's one of the practical ways of actually starting you know looking at uh, practicing this entire concept of seeing god in everybody and if you truly believe and speak to the god in the person opposite you i'm sure the god in that person will respond <laughs> isn't that right and i think does require a lot of practice and that's true but in a uh, sense fearlessness also i think <laughs> but there are many incidents i think uh, there was a famous incident of uh, a hijacker coming into the plane and right. uh, i don't remember the exact details but the devotee was constantly thinking swami it is you who is in, inside him let him not do any harm to me and uh, there was uh, an incident i just don't remember the details right but uh, when you i think do it sincerely it does have an impact <laughs> so talking of uh, that we go on to the next discourse that's ascent of man right so he says if you have really practiced then you will have an ascent <laughs> right and this is a very beautiful discourse in that sense mm-hmm. you know till the 14th discourse mm-hmm. swami has spoken so much about spirituality mm. good living mm. using your body and the senses and the other instruments in the right manner mm. now if individuals live like this uh-huh. what will be the impact of it in, on the society mm. and how can you see the society and see if the individuals are living their lives in the manner which is right mm. that's what swami says because this entire discourse swami's focuses on morality in morality, society morality really Very really beautiful and um, it's like the as you said the collective effect of each individual doing what he's supposed to do right so he says he starts off with the true ornament for mankind is manavatvam that is humaneness itself right he says everything beautiful in the creation everything like the waves are the ornaments of the ocean the moon is an ornament to the sky wherever there is beauty that is god so he says unchanging beauty that is god satyam shivam sundaram but the ornament for man himself is manavatvam he says that is humanness and he says human values can progress and thrive only in a spiritual environment see here uh, it's like uh, tell me your company i shall tell you what you are so he says if you are having this uh, innate humanness you should be with like minded people and that nurtures right. and that grows it's a very important point where swami is saying that spiritual environment is very good correct you know, many times this talk is there with is it enough to be just a good person hmm 
you know that uh, that uh, inspiration to be good at mm-hmm. all times mm-hmm. whatever be the cost mm-hmm. that comes only when you have that larger picture in your mind when you have a spiritual bent of mind mm-hmm. when you realize that you know it's okay if i lose a bit in this life because my aim is to get something which is beyond and much larger than this life itself correct unless that spiritual bend of mind is there mm. i don't think that goodness at all times what swami says morality in society and that manavatvam sticking mm. to that at all times is possible you know swami says the human values can progress and thrive only in in the human heart a spiritual environment in the human heart and then he says uh, morality and integrity can thrive only in the human heart morality is the fulfillment of character and conduct So then he gives these examples of Marshall Pope and William Gladstone. Right. He says how they stuck to values and even in challenging times. Right. And uh, next point is very beautiful. He says morality is achieved through the control of senses. Right. I mean uh, it's it's just like a circle coming back to the same thing. And uh, but that's what it is. No, it's uh, in a sense very beautiful because Again, the same point which you said, you know, about mm-hmm. bad thoughts. Mm. So I'm saying that don't associate yourself with those thoughts. Mm. Don't uh, convert them into actions. Actions. That's right. That's exactly what Swami is saying. A control of senses. Mm. Swami is not saying that uh, run away from those things which are bad, or mm. you will never look at them. It is just that your ability to control yourself, mm. even when bad thoughts come, even when you look at something which is tempting. Mm. and swami goes on to say that you know one who cannot control himself hmm. cannot control anybody else <laughs> correct and then uh, unity of thought word and deed he says harmony of thought word and deed is possible only when it is ritam right so satyam is uh, only i think actions and words yeah swami words says. and actions this is a very subtle point because thought word and deed he says that is ritam the ultimate truth is the true nature of who you are what you are and if that is united with your word and action and um, you are constantly living in the present in the now then i think that you are representing ritam not right. satyam you are beyond satyam then swami goes on to talk about sense control, sense control. and dhamam and he says samayam samyama samyama and dhamam he says this is self control and uh, he says the person who has achieved this kind of self control is a dantulu Dan- dantulu but he says today we have only vedantulu and who are able to uh, speak about the vedas and you know uh, <laughs> have an oratory ostentatious presentation of the vedas right. but um, that's so true because even Uh, us both for that matter <laughs> <laughs> we are talking all the high flown uh, uh, concepts but how true we are uh, right. in following what swami is actually saying i think uh, the more we try to follow we actually follow it uh, we don't have to speak i think ours is more the case of what happened with the you know the great poet kalidasa okay he's initially a simpleton and mm-hmm. a person who is of very low intellect mm-hmm. and he's got married to a princess who's supposed to be very intelligent she realizes that he's a, a dud head and okay. you know, throws him out of the palace mm. and that's when he goes to the river to kill himself mm-hmm. he says this life is not worth living mm-hmm. and there he sees some ladies washing clothes okay and there among the many rocks which are there on the banks mm-hmm. on the rocks on which these ladies are washing clothes mm-hmm. those rocks have become smooth Okay so he says you know these rocks hmm. being hit repeatedly by soft cloth can become smooth, smooth. Uh. then why can't that happen with my mind if i constantly hit it with knowledge 
won't my mind also the rock like mind won't mm. it become smooth Wow, and I think that is our state. <laughs> hoping that going on listening to Swami's words and going over this over and over again, yeah. some of it at least will percolate, percolate inside. Percolate inside with That's humble true. prayers to Swami. That's what I think we can say is our end over here. <laughs> so then he gives this beautiful point about discipline and obedience. Like how how is your, you know an educated person? Uh, how does he live his life? He says you never speak in front of your elders. You have to have that humility. See, he says, but today's world people, they ridicule spirituality. They say, oh, this is not for us. But he says, only when you have this humility, that is a hallmark of an educated person. And the next point which Swami says, you know, till mm. now Swami was, uh, in a sense, addressing students mm. when he was talking about humility. And then he goes on to say, the problem is the parents and teachers mm. are neither setting a proper example, mm-hmm. nor encouraging them in such matters. Mm. Where I think Swami has mentioned this many, many times before, where not having the right kind of leadership from teachers is the cause for the youth being misdirected. Mm. And then there is a part where Swami talks about uh, giving up frivolous talk. He's saying so much time is wasted. Correct. Youth today are fond of frivolous talk. Mm. This has become the hobby for them. <laughs> They're allergic to good and gentle words. Mm-hmm. Then he goes on to the spirit of sacrifice. So he says, um, you have to give up. You have to give up if you want to uh, get. And he gives this beautiful example of swimming. He says, when you want to move forward, you have to push the water backwards. Unless you push the water backwards, and he would often give the example of even blood. He says, if the blood says, oh no no, I like this place. Let me sit in this place. You're going to end up with a blood clot. <laughs> and he says, the blood has to move. So similarly, blood, money. He says, the money has to move. Here is giving the example of water. So when you want to move forward, you have to push. So he also says, give up your bad qualities and then get good qualities, and uh, that is true sacrifice and renunciation. He says, giving up your family, your property, and all that is easy, but uh, giving up your bad qualities is what is more challenging. So he also gives the example of breathing here. Mm-hmm. He says, when you breathe in air, you cannot get attached to the air that you breathe in and say that I will not exhale. And Swami says the importance of flowing. You know, Swami has mentioned this many times. The water that is stagnant is mm. uh, starts developing a foul odor, but the water that's flowing mm-hmm. is that which is fresh and which can sustain life. Swami says it's not wrong to earn, but mm. it is to be shared with others. Others, that's no, right. Right. And then he says the uh, you know sixteen colors that man has is sixteen qualities that he should give up. <laughs> so that's very beautifully he says that is uh, the six internal enemies that is arishad vargas the eight kinds of mada that is pride the two qualities of rajas that is restlessness and tamas right he should also give up kartatva and bhoktatva that is doership and enjoyership so he says if you give up these 16 uh, habits then you are a human <laughs> i mean such a definition <laughs> to be a human this is what you should be and uh, very beautifully he gives this uh, the inner meaning of what potana had written right. after the, that before that mm. you know even as you were narrating that you have to give up this give up that mm-hmm. a huge list mm. when one is just overwhelmed by this and wondering you know how can this ever be swami gives it you know in one sentence very beautifully he just puts it the solution is engage in good deeds and mm-hmm. dedicate them to god correct mm to think that you know that simple task can actually give you all this Correct. Very beautifully, and then of course the Potanas uh, thing comes. Swami says the Tattva Masi. Correct. Initially, he says that Tatt is 
God, mm. Tvam is the devotee, and Asi is the Bhagavata or the uh, composition or the poem. Correct. And then he goes on to expand his Bhagavata mu. Right, very beautiful. Bha is for bhakti, ga is for jnanam, and uh, ba is, is for vairagya. vairagya. Ta is for tatvam, and mu is for mukti. Mukti. And he says these are the progressive steps of man's liberation. Correct. He says you start with bhakti, the bhakti gets infused with wisdom. Hmm. That that should lead you to vairagya. Correct. And that will give you the ability to see the tatvam, see that which is the essence. Which will eventually lead you to Mukti. How beautiful, no? How right. beautiful. <laughs> it's class 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. <laughs> 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 and Swami says, it starts with Bhagavatam. It starts with hmm. reveling in the stories and the joy of knowing of God. Correct. And then he gives this example of how the student life or uh, celibate life is a foundation of this mansion of life. And he says, it's very important that the foundation is secure and strong. And uh, then he gives this uh, often quoted uh, example of how the Pandavas kept God first, the world next and themselves last. But the Kauravas kept themselves first, the world next and the go- and God last. So, they were lost. <laughs> so, they lost. And Swami, again towards the end, I think he says that the three things you should never forget. Mm-hmm. Satya, Dharma and Nyaya, justice. So Correct. Correct. The difference between our ancestors and the current days is, is the fall in practice of these. Correct. And uh, he says this ahankara, in fact, I think in one of the earlier discourses, Swami says ahankara is subtler than even uh, the buddhi, intellect. Right. It, subtler than buddhi. So, in if you look at um, the planets that are revolving around the atma, if atma is the sun, you have atma in the center, next is ahankara, then is buddhi. Then is manas, then the senses, then the body. Exactly, because that's what Swami says that it is mm. the guardian which is stopping you from accessing that Atmanandam. Very that's true. the serpent which is. And you know, I just it. can't help but recollect how Swami would, you know, uh, really warn, especially the bhajan singers. Ahamkaram, ahamkaram, ahamkaram. Now, looking at it, you know, uh, on a deeper note, he's really saying your body is gifted with this. ability to sing well why are you thinking you are singing your body is singing you yes it's been gifted with that so don't get pride don't feel uh, that oh i am doing something great so he would always tone them down <laughs> and uh, he would because he would give uh, that much importance to the bhajan singers as well but he would always in fact uh, it's quite difficult when swami <laughs> gets very stern with you he says come down too much ego too much ego too much ego and that's one thing you know with bhajan singers i would always notice swami would bring them down as someone was saying the ways swami molds and shapes us mm. it's like in the olden days they used to use these copper pots uh-huh and invariably copper is not a very stern metal in the sense they would always that uh, they used to lose their shape with mm-hmm. use mm-hmm. so you take it to a, a probably an expert in dealing with these copper pots mm-hmm. and he will get it back into the shape okay so they'll say that some strokes will be from outside the pot <laughs> some strokes will be from inside the pot <laughs> and he said that's how swami deals with all of us you know sometimes you need to be pumped up yeah. sometimes you need to be put down <laughs> yeah <laughs> both are essential <clears throat> in fact he would say give this comparison of the car 
and you would say the front tire and the back tire right so as if the air is less you have to pump in if the air is more you have to remove the air <laughs> puncture it a little bit right. and um, swami is the master puncherer as he would <laughs> puncture many of the egos we have seen it again and again the beautiful part is any activity you do with a sense of i am doing it oh i am so accomplished i am such an artist i am such a musician be sure you're going to get it on the head <laughs> rightly you know some of them would say if swami calls you bangaru <laughs> be ready you're going to go in for <laughs> a session with the fire uh, but if he calls you dunnapota <laughs> that is a buffalo he buffalo be very happy that nothing is going to he's very happy with you <laughs> <laughs> i think both are the challenge you know even when swami was trying to very sternly correct Mm. and at the same time when swami was praising mm. because when swami was praising you had to keep reminding yourself because you know what is coming after that yeah, you know yeah. when swami is praising so you mm. have to keep reminding yourself that you're not the one i think mm. that is why you always have these stories you know i think in the next discourse we were coming to that that swami makes that point mm. the vedas the vedantas these are all very very profound correct but to make the lessons which these scriptures have accessible to even common man mm-hmm. you have puranas and uh, itihasas. itihasas very and true that is why we have stories you know even if mm. you take recent saints mm-hmm. you have that uh, episode of gyaneshwar mm-hmm. who makes a buffalo chant the, Veda. the vedas correct you know i think every time we revel uh, in in our uh, success and say that oh i can speak so well or i can mm. chant with us so well i can sing Correct. i think some some image like that has to come in our mind <laughs> that if he wishes he could make anybody and anything that's right chant. that's absolutely right i mean um, he could just catch a buffalo and make him chant the vedas right. what more i mean anybody can do anything mukam karoti vachalam pangum langete girim so uh, it's really uh, you know a caution light on in all of us <laughs> this discourse is very unique in the way it comes towards the end of the series um he comes back to vedic wisdom right. and uh, as we pointed out when we even went through this discourse he comes back to satya and dharma that's how he started this entire series and he actually comes back to that in the beginning of the discourse he says the most uh, important thing is uh, he draws attention to the all comprehensiveness of the vedas he says the vedas have got everything but the crest jewel of what the vedas have is atmagyana he says it has got all types of things it has got all forms of knowledge but atmagyana is what is the crest jewel of what the veda contains for us he gives the different uh, aspects of god shabda brahmamayi characharamayi jyotirmayi nityanandamayi and how he says all this is contained the information or the knowledge about all this is contained in the vedas he goes on to the technicalities of how there are three kandas that right. is the karma kanda upasana kanda and gyana kanda right because you know that is the essence of the vedas when you often says the samhita the brahmanas and mm-hmm. the aranyakas mm-hmm. where you know the that part of vedas which we constantly use mm-hmm. is only the karma kanda where you do rituals and you say that these are the things which have to be done properly mm. and you do this to obtain this mm-hmm. so swami says from that there is the upasana kanda and i think later in that uh, same discourse mm. swami explains what is each one of this what is karma what yes. is upasana yes you know where he says that the essence of karma is to dedicate all actions to god or to perform all activities as offerings to the lord for his pleasure right upasana yoga consists of loving god wholeheartedly and with trikarana shuddhi purity of thought word and deed it is not true 
उपासना इफ वन लवस गॉड फॉर द सेक ऑफ अचीविंग वर्ल्डली डिजायर्स इट शुड बी लव फॉर लव सेक दैट इज भक्ति मार्ग वेरी प्योरली होल यूनिवर्स एज द मैनिफेस्टेशन ऑफ गॉड बिलीविंग दैट डिविनिटी रिसाइड इन ऑल बींग्स इन द फॉर्म ऑफ आत्मा इज कॉल्ड ज्ञाना दैट्स राइट एंड सो दीज आर द थ्री डिफरेंट एस्पेक्ट the karma bhakti and gyana as divided in the vedas you have the karma kanda upasana kanda and the gyana kanda right then he gives this example of how this 18 chapters in the bhagavad gita are also divided the first six are karma based on action second six on bhakti and the last six on gyana and then swami explains again the, the beautiful example of the waves in the ocean he says how students may wonder how everything which is so different in appearance mm-hmm. be one and the same and swami says correct look at the waves again the, the importance of the temporary nature of existence correct you know that which is temporary and i think in the earlier discourse swami says that which has a beginning which has an end mm-hmm. does not have a middle too <laughs> that that is temporary correct so swami saying that yes you see different waves waves have different shapes different heights mm-hmm. but the very fact that they rise and they merge back into the ocean you do not attribute as individual existence to each wave you say that they are they are part of the ocean they are ocean mm-hmm. and swami says that's exactly with every jivatma which is nothing but a part of the whole where i can't you know just can't forget that beautiful sight of swami standing on the veranda especially when you're talking of bhagavad gita he would ask us to chant and uh, two chapters swami would uh, you know we were taught as in the school that is chapter 2 a few shlokas from chapter 2 and the 12th chapter 12th chapter is bhakti yoga bhakti yoga and um, it's so beautiful it, they, there you have the definition of who a true bhakta is who a devotee is as swami rightly said you concentrate on me offer all your actions to me mayeva manadasto may buddhim niveshe niveshishyati mayeva do it for my sake ato urdhvam nasam so he says do it all for my sake and i will give you what you require and uh, it's real spoon feeding because for those of us who have been with bhagwan uh, absolute spoon feeding but the whole challenge is you have to grow out of that and now is the time he is really put uh, the first question paper is leaked out he says now you answer this question paper and try to see see me inside yourself right so we have been spoon fed to see him outside us now i think it's time to go within no you talk of this uh, example of swami giving waves reminded mm-hmm. it seems the i think every sports meet will mm-hmm. have at least one wave formation you know <laughs> the primary school <laughs> or the school uh, high secondary school correct it seems for the first time uh-huh. when they had it as an event as part of an event uh-huh. they had a wave formation uh-huh. i think the primary school children did it okay and swami had come for the practice okay so they were all in the ground and they had mm. made a huge wave formation mm-hmm. swami was so thrilled to see it uh-huh. swami was standing there at the edge of the stage i think okay and looked at it and swami was saying Ah, waves, waves, waves. Swami was saying <laughs> as they were doing it, uh. and in that same excitement, said Swami said, "Waves, waves, waves. Mm. One day they will all come and merge in the ocean." Wow, beautiful. One day they will all merge in the ocean. Mm. You know, even with children, Swami was always re-emphasizing that mm. essential knowledge which you all had come to learn. In the, even in the previous discourse, Swami said, "Acquiring knowledge is not wrong. Acquiring skill is not wrong." but remember for what you're doing it mm. you know the higher learning is what you all mm. have come here for basically the genesis of the entire you know yajur veda 
how vaisampayana goes to yagnevalka and the entire story of how he, he doesn't respect the guru and then the guru takes the knowledge back from him the entire chronology of how krishna yajurveda right. and shukla yeah, yajurveda so many subtle lessons in that one episode that that's the point right you know you could you could be somebody as intelligent as yagnevalka who is able Correct. to master the vedas but that little bit of chink in the armor <laughs> where you have uh, you know ego comes in yeah. and everything breaks down and then there is an example of self confidence correct where even after losing everything if mm. you have self confidence you can go and earn it again and this time he did not receive it from any human teacher mm. but he receives the knowledge from directly from from, from the sun god sun god from surya right i know as you rightly said yes there are many of these stories and the puranas are full of them but uh, only swami can give us the <laughs> inner yeah. significance and uh, you know kind of related to what we are uh, going through here uh, very clearly when swami says the end of education is character is humility as well and he says what happens if you are not humble even a great person like vaisampayana had to go through that right and then even again in this through the story swami says how did yagnavalkya attain the state of the you know the ability to become a student of sangodi mm-hmm. says it is because of annadhana yeah that's the point correct because he and his ancestors had mm-hmm. done a lot of charity of food and swami says the, there is no gift higher than the gift of food and no god higher than parents hmm. there is no truth higher than japa and tapas correct there is no dharma higher than compassion hmm. and no gain higher than the company of the good there is no enemy more dangerous than anger and no disease more serious than indebtedness hmm. there is no death more horrible than ill fame, fame and no wealth more, more valuable than, than fame, fame. <laughs> <laughs> satkirti uh, of course one more thing is that there is no ornament more beautiful than smaran Mm. or the repetition of god's name and he says these were the things which actually uh, endowed yagnavalkya with that uh, knowledge of vedas and swami says how that becomes the uh, other part of the, uh, the vedas you know with gram seva coming up uh, very soon uh, <laughs> he just uh, kind of institutionalized it right. and uh, I, you know that that whole scene of how swami would bend so lovingly and serve prasadam to all the people it's so amazing because uh, we would carry all these things to the ground earlier right then swami said why should the people come here we should go house to house <laughs> <laughs> it's always one step higher right. you know one would think in those days when the roadways were so bad mm-hmm. people used to come here mm. and once the roadways became better you would think that more people might come but swami said roads are good now let's take tempos let's and go take, to them <laughs> let's go there that's <laughs> you know, the right. way swami thinks is completely different from how yeah. we would otherwise think i think then swami talks about you know uh, the five things or five sins what one, one must avoid correct he says from the again the story of yagnavalkya he says indifference to what the the guru parents mm-hmm. and other elders teach you mm-hmm. disobedience to your parents to and elders ego mm-hmm. jealousy or envy towards those who are better off mm-hmm. and violating social etiquette or decorum especially the last one swami was so particular right. so particular about uh, social etiquette and right. he would sanganiti uh, so, yeah and uh, you know the very fact that even till the end swami was always standing up and giving his discourse uh, isn't that <laughs> so amazing because that uh, sabha maryada swami, swami would say um, the respect for the society and social etiquette was so perfect and um, you know when 
guests would come the way swami would receive them the way he would uh, give them uh, what is due to each one um, it's amazing in fact uh, professor venkatraman would often uh, related to rama coming in for the coronation so he right. uh, so there is this uh, beautiful missing uh, as lord rama is walking in he looks at the praja and he gives his abhyasta blessings and he looks at his preceptor and he just uh, does pranams and then he looks at uh, his uh, family members and others there and he gives a smile so what is you know uh, meant for each one so he would do that according to so as he was coming for coronation and it you know it's so similar to what we would see when swami is coming for darshan somebody is in pain what he needs he would immediately go and speak to them and then uh, students what do you want take chocolates and throw <laughs> or you know it's just uh, he would give what what you want at that point of time and even you know one would think that why should swami give special uh, importance to in a heads of state but mm-hmm. swami would say that you know it is uh, an office which you're giving respect to correct you have to give you know swami would often says seating has to be according to the people and their stature mm. that has to be there correct you know, swami would often uh, insist on such things and then of course swami uh, you know talks as a conclusion to this entire thing so i'm mm-hmm. saying that you know in 15 days you had the essence of the vedanta mm. so i'm saying that i've given you the essence of vedanta in this correct you know this is god by churning the shastras puranas and itihasas and i think definitely that's what this entire series is 1990 samako series is phenomenal yeah. and to to think that the entire shastras and puranas were put into 15 days correct 15 discourses 16 discourses mm. is really overwhelming so here then he gives this beautiful example of karma bhakti and gyana of, of the wall clock you know he right. says beautiful uh, beautiful that's analogy that's a beautiful analogy he says you do 100 good deeds uh, for example okay 60 good deeds then you have earned 1 minute of uh, bhakti. bhakti so if you do uh, 60 good bhakti <laughs> then right. you get 1 hour of you know of gyana basically it's the seconds minutes and the hour hand he says he compares it to the karma bhakti and mar- right. uh, gyana i think and a reminder of what uh, arvind was once sharing you know mm-hmm. he said the nine code contract which swami has given yeah even if you look at that that also is accordingly uh, proportionally put okay you know he says that there are fewer number of uh, points which directly correlate to gnana okay little more which correlate to bhakti, bhakti and there are many more which correlate to karma okay <laughs> so sami says that do more karma which will lead you to bhakti and mm. that bhakti will again is what will edge you towards gnana and then he concludes his discourse with a very very beautiful point he says god does not see how rich you are or uh, how accomplished how how knowledgeable you are he says um, uh, valmiki who was he he was just a hunter then he says nanda was an untouchable kuchela was a pauper druan prahalada were mere lads of 5 years sabri was a tribal woman illiterate and uncivilized but all of them won god's heart and they won his grace in abundance i think he just he is just coming back to the point that what really matters is your feeling to offer it to god who is always in you Uh, really how foolish we are we, uh, when we think that you know maybe swami does not know this <laughs> can, he says i am always in you and uh, how can you escape uh, he is just watching every thought of yours and swami goes on to say about upasana and whatever worship whatever you do as worship 
mm-hmm. that should eventually lead to chitta shuddhi right and in a sense ami is saying that you know this is what is a measure of, of whether you are progressing on the right direction it should right. lead to chitta shuddhi and even that chitta shuddhi should lead to atmavishwasam so ami right. saying unless your good actions worship and love of god lead to atmavishwasa or self confidence the former two will be futile i think that is why even in sanskrit there is that saying which is ati vinayam durita lakshanam when humility becomes a curbing factor okay humility is is something which should lead to atmavishwasa which swami says that it should hmm. lead to self confidence the confidence in that higher self i think that's what uh, we could get out of this last discourse but uh, for those who have not heard the original there's nothing like really <laughs> hearing the original right i'm sure there's much more and we can go on uh, even with each of these discourses here is a time when we have really completed this entire series and uh, i don't know how much we are really capable of remembering and putting into practice but i would say it's a first step definitely <laughs> so, so dear listeners that brings us to the end of not just this segment of thursday live today but this entire series which we've been doing i think for the past one and a half years right i think we've uh, done at least 80 episodes oh is it <laughs> i i believe around 80 episodes and okay. uh, on 16 discourses we on 16 discourses right? of bhagwan that's it over and over again because <laughs> that's how much swami's discourses contain correct and the very idea that you could just at the click of a button mm-hmm. listen to swami's voice at Correct. any time of the day in any part of the globe mm-hmm. is itself something which should be so overwhelming and it should trigger us so dear listeners if you're hearing us <laughs> please do listen to more of swami listen to swami's discourses because that is the greatest gift which swami has left for all of us it would be such a waste if we have loved swami if we have known swami and if we don't listen to swami's words and as swami said practice it because swami said every scripture Correct. be it of any religion any part of the world it was given for practice not Correct. for hearing and listening and talking about that's right so hopefully all of us including both of us sai prakash and myself here we would begin that practice in every day life hopefully we've already begun that hmm. and we offer it to swami and swami said do what is good and offer it to me so this program all our efforts and this entire series which we've done so far we most humbly operated swami's lotus feet and we thank him from the bottom of our hearts for giving us this opportunity thank you dear listeners for being with us all through and for all the encouragement that you've given us thank you jai saida sairam You just heard an episode of a radio series Shravanam Mananam Nidhyasanam that is listen reflect and absorb This is a segment that is hosted live on Thursdays at 7:30 p.m. hosted by Sai Prakash and Prem only on Asia Stream of Radio Sai Global Harmony Today's episode was first broadcast live on 18th September 2014 The discourses undertaken for study in this program are from the series of discourses delivered as part of the summer course in Indian culture and spirituality in the year 1990. Please do write to us and let us know what you think about this program by writing to listener@radiosci.org. 
Thank you and a loving Sai Ram from Prashant Nilayam.